0: Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhardt. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Annie Bailey. She's an analyst covering emerging technologies here at Kuppinger Coal. So this includes blockchain and artificial intelligence. And she helps to, to identify and boil down the implications that these technologies have for companies, industries, and markets. So welcome, Annie.
1: Hello, and thank you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, happy to have you. And um, especially when we're talking about emerging technologies, that, of course, is something that, that has lots of, of, of aspects to look at. And today, we will talk about artificial intelligence governance. And there was a, an event that just happened recently in the, uh, in the aftermath of the uh, George Floyd uh, incident, Uh, that was that um, IBM announced that they will no longer be uh, providing uh, general facial recognition software based on artificial intelligence, of course, uh, to the U.S. government. Um, And I think that is really a a good example of uh, applied AI governance. Do you agree?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so when you look at the news headlines for the last week of course um what's featured very prominently are these protests against police brutality and so you wouldn't normally make the the leap from um a a very strong social issue such as that to technology or specifically ai Um, so that link isn't totally apparent Um, but ibm is seen their own responsibility in this not that they've directly caused anything here but that they see that there could be a potential conflict of interest that providing facial recognition technology could lead to a situation of mass surveillance of racial profiling or violations against basic human rights um either in the u.s or abroad and so uh, this is a recognition of IBM's own responsibility over their technology and the implications that it could have in society at large.
0: So this is something that you would suggest all providers of artificial intelligence or machine learning technology um, to customers should apply in any case? Is this something safeguarding weapon technology? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is um this is tricky to say if uh if this um is recommended for all uh companies using or developing AI or not because this is not um set in stone there is not um any legally binding requirement that they do so. Um however from the building trust standpoint from the transparency from um really using AI for good or for um uh, improving society as we know it then yes this is um this is a really important part in that um where a company really reconciles the the business impact of their technology and what efficiencies it's delivering what um you know it, it smart insights it gives um with the, the implications in society for environment, for interpersonal relations, um, what impact this has on vulnerable groups. So this is um, really a next step in bringing governance to life um, and and playing this out beyond paper.
0: Okay, understood. So maybe if we take one step back, we looked at that example, but if we take that step back and say what what would be a a general definition of AI governance. and um, How would you define that, that complete topic? Is there is there already an existing well-known and publicly used definition of a governance around?
1: Uh, yes and no. Um, there are some governance frameworks which are being floated out from um, different institutions, academic, private, and governments. Um, but Generally, you can understand governance as being a process of providing appropriate boundaries for execution. And so, for AI in particular, this means topics like addressing bias, addressing the ethics of using this in society at large, um, protecting privacy, assuring security of data, um, and also a big one is explainability. Um, But AI governance, for the most part, has the impression that it is a limiting uh, institution, that it, it constricts development and it um, puts it in a, in a small, more narrow box. Um, but I would argue that this is actually the opposite, that you can't look at the development of AI for a particular business case without addressing governance um, to, to bring it to a bigger picture, to understand um, not how, an application could be limited by proper governance but actually how its opportunities could be expanded by proper governance
0: right i think um, developing a technology and applying it to a certain business case are really different different steps within the process though that does not prevent technologies to be um, analyzed and developed over time um, as a, just as a technology, from a, as, as you said, from a, from a technology or from, a, from an academic point of view. But the application to a certain use case, just as um, IBM decided not to use their machine learning for this speci- specific use case being facial recognition, um, these are really different processes. So the governance come in, comes into play when you apply the technology to a, to a use case.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and even before, it, there's um, a lot of uh, support which companies can have in the full development process, so going all the way from um, protecting and, and being aware of the data provenance, where it's coming from, how it's treated, um, what the uh, record-keeping for that development process is, um, all the way to... Conceptualizing the actual end use, um, and this is something which I think gets missed out on um, in in some ways when considering the governance question. That oftentimes the development of AI is treated kind of like a replacement part for something which is already working. So if you um, could take a a small example of of a chatbot, actually, so we know that this is something with a natural language understanding and info retrieval. And so this is kind of replacing a um, somewhat limited human customer service agent who maybe can't remember all the details off the top of their head. Um, and then this is scalable. It's able to interact with thousands of customers at once and you know potentially boost customer satisfaction. And so this is kind of our model based on a ideal human customer service interaction where it is a conversation, you chat a little bit, make some small talk, pull up some information and say, here, this is what I found. But we're also seeing that this is not exactly the the sort of interaction that a customer might want to have with a bot. Um, And then rather leaning much more towards the Bert example from from Google AI, and so the ability to handle um, question asking searches, where a person can simply type in their question as they would speak it to a human directly into the search, and it the results come out as a fully formed answer, taken directly from a piece of text or summarized from from several pieces of text which are relevant to that answer, and so. Although the chatbot example began as directly replacing the the human customer service agent and, and mimicking really exactly what an ideal person in that situation would do, it's evolving and it's morphing into something which is the ideal human bot interaction. Um, and so this is where governance can come in and, and start to reenvision what is AI not directly replacing what we already have in our life, whatever it may be, but how can it re-envision achieving that end goal in a different way?
0: So that also means redefining the actual purpose. That means um, redefining and rethinking the actual business value that such such a Process such a system can can present moving away just as you said from 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 the original use use case, just replacing that service desk clerk um, by a by by a machine to moving to better solution or to more adequate solutions.
1: Yeah, and this uh, really does require some hard questions to be answered by by companies wanting to implement this um, because you can. You can, of course, ask the easy questions, the normal governance questions, which is, you know, how is the data preparation governed? You know, how is the model able to be explained? You know, granted these are difficult questions, um, but they're somehow easy because there's a, a quote-unquote correct answer for them. Um, but you can then begin to see when we question the the end goal of Whatever AI project um, is being developed, you have questions like: What is the societal impact of this? You know, is it treating vulnerable populations equitably? Um, You know, is there you know another opportunity that we're missing, which we could use to generate value instead of generating waste, environmental waste, or or social harm? Um, and so this is this is granted a much larger question that um, is going to be difficult, in which we see IBM kind of, yeah beginning to to reckon with.
0: Right, and and you mentioned these these areas of of AI governance like like bias, like privacy, like security. So introducing bias into a solution really not improves anything; it deteriorates things. I remember seeing a, a, a hand dryer, which was not capable of, of, of being switched on by, a, by a, a colored, by a black hand moved below it, but w- w- was working perfectly for a white person to, to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to start that well. So just in such a simple thing. It is AI in, in just encapsulated in some smaller uh, technical embedded solution. But even there, you see that that um, it's introduced is inequality um, in reacting to different groups of people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's um, some really good advice which is being floated in, in most every AI governance framework which is out there today, which is that you need multidisciplinary team members um, on your governance team, on your development team, on your implementation team to watch out for these sort of things because it's all about the The things which you don 't think about you know you can you can be sure that the the top thinkers are on these teams already, the best in their fields, and they 're of course focused on the things which they already know how to do and they do very well but it's it 's the things which you don 't think about the the ability to have a sense to recognize a colored or a dark darker skinned hand rather than um, a white hand so this is absolutely huge. And there's, um, kind of an example. I, I love this, this journey towards smart cities. And, um, there's a a really interesting example that, um, comes out of the UAE. So you have, um, kind of the old model of a city and, and the newer version, um, which is all about perception. And you have, uh, Dubai, which, um, you know, is, is, built on oil money and and kind of in the 1960s this huge wave of construction happened to essentially create the ideal western city you know the the planners at that time um you know wanted to put dubai on the map and what better way to do that than make it the most impressive city of the cities that we recognize already and so of course it had skype scrapers with Um, You know floor-to-ceiling glass and wide highways and um, Everything which you could recognize from a major western city But Dubai is in the desert, you know if you have floor-to-ceiling glass that turns your building into a greenhouse When you already have to pay high costs for air conditioning if that's installed, so it's You know and these wide streets are not um, Creating shade they're not creating air ventilation pathways to to create natural wind and cooling effects in the city. It's it's not designed for the environment. It's designed on the perceptions that people had of what is ideal. And so AI also has has a huge role to play in designing smart cities. And it's all based on the conception of what is ideal. That's where we start from. And so if you don't take time to ask these larger governance questions of what is the impact of building or applying this technology to a certain effect? What is that, what is that impact? What is that actually doing? And so...
0: That was actually... Quite some some perfect summary already for this episode that we did, and um, I think this this getting the bigger picture, really understanding what we really want to do, not only focusing on one single solution, but getting to a to a more complete vision and applying governance also to that is mainly uh, an important aspect that many people, including me and many organizations, obviously have to get to to really. Understand what serves um, the city, the country, um, the people, a society best when it comes to using such a such a highly capable technology like machine learning or AI. So, thank you very much, uh, Annie. Do you want to add anything to that that I just um, tried to sum up?
1: Yeah, I guess that um, the idea that we have of government as a as a limiting factor doesn't have to be the case and in fact it's it's really the opportunity for a positive somewhere where you can really assess what the impact is and is that actually the impact that it should have and and it's the time to really imagine a future that should be and not that actually is
0: Okay, great. Thank you very much. I assume that we will soon follow up with, I would love to do a series of episodes on that. um, But I think we will quickly follow up with more details with more specific advice when it comes to applying AI governance to that. Uh, For now, thank you very much, Annie, for for being my guest today. Uh, Thank you to the audience for listening and for their time. And I'm looking forward to having you on that show again soon. Thank you, Annie.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.